Transition partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT director at Tech Buyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can. Any any amount will be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners. Hi, this is the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So this week we've got a superb guest who's bringing lots of energy and great vibes to us on a Friday afternoon and that's Lubomila Jordanova. So hi Lubomila, how are you? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're Hi. so excited to have you on the podcast. So Luba Miller is the founder and CEO of Plan A. They're a Berlin-based startup developing a software-as-a-service platform that automates calculating, monitoring, and reducing the carbon footprint of companies. She recently set up Green Tech Alliance, who are a community of over 500 green tech startups from all over the world, as well as winning multiple awards for Plan A around sustainability and social impact. She is also a mentor and advocate for female founders and has featured in the Forbes Under 30, Under 30 and Slush's Top 15, which is amazing. Wow. <laughs> There's just so many good things to say. <laughs> I always feel really awkward when I listen to when you listen, listen yeah. to hearing all those great things about yourself. Forbes <laughs> thirty up to thirty—that's huge. I know. How do you find time for all this? Do you sleep? Not much. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I I've learned to balance between a lot of things, and actually, it gives me energy if I switch between topics. Uh, mm. So. That's how I end up doing so much, I guess. But I don't sleep a lot. And I have the bad habit of working on weekends, which I don't uh, recommend to anyone, but slowly uh, removing stuff from at least from one day of the week. So, uh, yeah, that's how it is. It's tough when you love what you do, right? Which is why we're so excited to have you on the podcast, because it's clear that you're really passionate um, about everything that you're involved in. So we can't wait to hear more about it today. Yeah, no, definitely. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I always like to start these um, with um, just setting the scene um, to, for you to, if you can just kind of tell your story um, to the listeners and the viewers, where it all started, how it all began, um, and the whole journey of how you got to where you are today. Thank you so much for this question. Well, um the the story started, I guess, in uh, um, about Plan A. We in particular on a beach in Morocco. Uh, I was in, <laughs> nice. I was surfing, uh, or supposedly I was going to be surfing for a week uh, with some friends of mine, and 
instead of surfing, I ended up cleaning beaches for a week because the state of the beaches where we were supposed to be surfing was so dire um, mm. that it ended up being kind of overwhelmingly clear that we should do some good as well uh, while pretending to be able to surf. That was the state of my surfing game <laughs> at that time. Um, at this point in my life, I was having a very comfortable existence. I was in London working in a fintech company uh, as an analyst to the CEO and the CTO, which were the two co-founders. The company was growing tremendously well, and um, I had the great honor to be receiving a lot of tasks from the two people that were managing the company. So um, I was able to be really close to the whole um, company growth development process. Um, so I was in a good moment in my life, but this opportunity to kind of see the world differently or this serendipitous trip to Morocco ended up making me um, quite conscious of the fact that I was totally disengaged with the topic of climate change and with pollution uh, altogether. Um, so when I went back to London, I ended up um, spending significant amount of my time after work uh, educating myself, uh, did online courses, met some scholars from my university. I was studying in LSE before uh, working in um, um, Iwaka and uh, ended up quite quickly realizing that there was no better use of my time and skills than simply focusing on applying this business mindset that I had developed in my mm -hmm. education, um, which was, uh, you know, a incredible, uh, you know, set of things that I've learned in uh, both my undergrad and in my master's, but uh, I ended up quite quickly realizing that there's very few people working in the climate change field from the business perspective, and I could contribute uh, somehow to that. And that was kind of the beginning of planning. A lot of things happened uh, after that, um, but yeah, I let the conversation uh, unfold all these activities. Fantastic. That's interesting. So, um, let's let's then hear more about um, the, obviously when you came back to London from um, the supposed surfing trip um, and how Plan A kind of came about the journey that because I think it's it's interesting and I love it when um, we have founders of um, startups um, on the on, on the show and so I'm so interesting to learn about the whole journey um, and like kind of, you know, because I can imagine there's been lots of challenges and pitfalls that you've overcome and it's great for others to, to learn about those experiences as well. Yeah, well, I think regardless of at what stage of the business you are uh, and the growth of the business, there's always a lot of hurdles and uh, you learn a lot from them. I think with planning, the journey started in a totally different place where it is now. Okay. Uh, we've pivoted three times and uh, this has taught us tremendously uh, uh, well to learn to be agile, to learn to adapt ourselves to the signals that we get from the market. The first thing that we built was a donation platform, <laughs> nothing to do with the software that I'm explaining uh, um, what, I'm, what we're working on now. And this donation platform had the aim to use uh, science to translate it into decision-making behind someone making a donation, regardless if it's an individual or a company. Yeah. Uh, that worked really well in terms of the amount of money we managed to gather. Within a year, we managed to collect close to 1 million euros. And um, wow. that was really great because you could support incredible organizations from uh, all over the world. Uh, and we were using data to de decide where the money should go based on who was facing the most severe environmental issues. Um, mm -hmm. 
And we also learned along the way because we worked with a lot of big companies at this point with Eventbrite, with like beer producers, with people that were producing uh, furniture in Germany, um, lemonade that is really famous and so on. And uh, we learned that companies were not only concerned about giving, which is really nice to be in this privileged position to be able to give, uh, but they were also concerned with their own sustainability perspective and their own yeah. footprint and um, this was kind of what brought us on the next stage of the uh, company's existence where um, when a company when when company one after the other started asking us okay but how are we actually affecting the negative impacts uh, how are we actually contributing with negative impacts on our planet what can we do about it uh, we started developing uh, two products, one first and then the second. First was an algorithm that predicts where and how climate change will hit the hardest. And then the second one is what we have today, which is the software that helps companies calculate, monitor and reduce their emissions. Um, and it was really great because I'm sure many of your listeners and as, as I know from the other episodes on the podcast, there's a, there's a lot of... Uh, knowledge you can gather from your customers. And this is one of the mantras that many businesses go through. Uh, for this, we essentially uh, kind of listened to what the customers were telling us and then shaped it into offerings. The algorithm was able to help them understand in the long-term 20 to 30 year horizon, how their supply chains were gonna be reshaped because of climate change, how their access to natural resources is gonna be reshaped and also just in general, how they were negatively impacting the planet and then for the software itself, uh, we basically automate the process of having this visibility on your emissions, which is a key component that we need uh, in order to be starting to act effectively on uh, on the health of our planet. Fantastic. So interesting. How, um, how have you grown as a business in terms of size and people? So obviously you've grown with, um, you've like you say, you've pivoted um, three times since you've established a business. Um, which it's great that you've had that, um, you know, that, that um, what's the word I'm looking for? The innovative mindset. In it, in it, yeah, the whole, that, that mindset to be able to adapt okay. and, like you say, be agile, and um, which is amazing. Um, how, um, let's talk a bit more detail about how you've grown in terms of size and what your plans are for the future. It would be really interesting. We have uh, now 25 people in the company, uh, but the starting point was me and my co-founder, uh, Nathan uh, Nathan, uh, who uh, actually is, uh, was then, then a friend of a friend that saw my post on uh, social media, uh, which okay. was about setting up a company dedicated to uh, fighting climate change. Uh, and responded and started working basically for uh, for free uh, for a few months. And then we said that we need to be building this together. Um, that's so cool. So you were literally, yeah. he saw your post on social media and that's how you, what was it on Twitter or? No, no, on Facebook. So I posted on Facebook, hey, like I've left my job and I'm setting up a company uh, that is going to help environmental organizations get more funding. Uh, anyone that has tips, ideas or, uh, you know, wants to connect me with someone, please tag them on this post. And uh, this was at the times when Facebook was still really popular. So it was really possible for uh, you to get a lot of traction. The post got like shared hundreds of times and then uh, many people liked it. And the whole uh, thing resulted in a lot of fantastic people 
suggesting that they can support. And Nathan uh, was the one that uh, went uh, above and beyond by basically dedicating his full time to this for uh, quite some time and uh, wow. then deciding that he wants to move to Berlin from Paris and so on. Uh, so this is how the, the I guess the the whole uh, team uh, setup started. Our first employee is Vamzi, which is our chief emission accounting officer. Uh, complex name uh, it, and also a complex topic. What yeah. he does is he's a published scientist with particular yeah. focus on uh, carbon accounting, uh, all the methodology behind life cycle analysis and climate modeling. Yeah. So he kind of gave a lot of. Uh, I would say content and solid foundation when it comes to the scientific side of our company. And I think that is so crucial, isn't it? Because it's when you hear the stats and the figures and the impact that you're making, that's when it really brings it to life. And you think, right, we really need to make some action and change about what we're doing as a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, uh, um, it's incredibly important to have a, a team that is complementary, but also diverse in terms of uh, nationalities. We have close to 20 nationalities in the team, which out of a 25-person team is pretty good. <laughs> <That's> very good. <laughs> uh, uh, quite of a good, uh, I would say, uh, balance between men and women. Uh, uh, and we have quite a, a open discussion about these things. And that is what I believe is the key element to having... Uh, the agility to be able to change and respond to these customer requests, but then also to have this mindset that allows you to have, uh, you know, uh, the understanding of what kind of product you want to build and what kind of Mm -hmm. audience you want to serve and what kind of mission you want to fulfill. Fantastic. Brilliant. So it'd be really interesting to hear um, more about your um, leadership style. Um, obviously, with this being a, a, a leadership podcast, it'd be great to understand more about your um, individual leadership style. And also, if you could describe how how you think your teams would describe your style. Uh, I think for when it comes to leadership, I have quite of a open uh, direct approach in communication this is something that uh, also leads to I would say building a a trustful and open relationship with everyone from the employees I don't believe in karaoke in a way that uh, every single person on the team is being heard this is something that has Mm. been super important for us since the beginning and um doesn't matter if someone is uh, um, intern or someone is uh, at the sea level uh, they have to have the equal respect for every single opinion that is being given and should have the comfort to express their own opinion. When it comes to the, uh, thank you. When it comes to the, uh, maybe, because leadership comes out also in crisis moments and in like yeah. difficult times. Um, I guess what's been really important for me uh, is uh, to give people comfort in a more emotional manner I'm an emotional person myself so whenever it comes to like dramatic moments because of course we've gone through them and uh, like challenging times and uh, moments when we need to adapt like I really want to always make sure that everyone is on the same page emotionally and if there's anyone that feels discomfort that is quickly uh, addressed and um it, if, if I go to the second question that you might have, I think um, 
I'm someone that is quite loud. I mean, you don't miss me in a in a room and <laughs> my voice. <laughs> I'm being fully blunt. Like it's it's because of my voice. It's because of like uh, I always joke and I always make you know uh, open uh, um, comments. And I think um, for some uh, for many people on my team, like uh, there's a um, there's really a lot of uh, benefit to having this like open relationship. Uh, but there's definitely like problems are also put on the table. So we don't like, uh, we don't kind of sit around the topic and then discuss it in like the, over like three hours just to get to the bottom of it. Like I prefer to have really straightforward relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. Quite direct, I would say, Uh, not always the, maybe uh, what people immediately uh, uh, would uh, expect. Uh, I, I have definitely adapted myself to, uh, as we're as we're growing, like we need to deliver messages in different ways. But I can comfortably say that people know that I have a very direct approach in how we deal with issues and with good moments and with all sorts of moments. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you've got a great um, style in terms of allowing um, your people to be open and have that space and time where um, you know they can come to you and and you know I guess you you come across to your open book what you see is what you get but with that it brings up directness and and you, but you've obviously learned throughout your journey that um you know people know that and it's everyone's different and and you have to change your style um for different yeah. sounds like a bit of a deja vu yeah. <laughs> we have this problem all the time that we're like we speak to each other very direct all the time because we're very on the same page with that but it, as a leader you have to learn when's the right time when's not yeah. the right time but then like I love a lot of the policies and the culture that you're creating around that because you're obviously working with really passionate people um, and the opportunity that everyone gets to discuss their ideas and is it sounds fantastic I've got so many questions that yeah. I can ask you. <laughs> like I've got an idea of things I'd like to ask you for our podcast specifically, but there's just so much stuff around sustainability. It's something that like probably up until like nine months ago, I was probably a bit like blase about it all in sustainability and tech and was kind of like, it wasn't, we've always been really immersed in the tech community as a, as, as a consultant, but it's something that wasn't really discussed. And then one of our clients um, over in the UK, you might have listened to his podcast, this guy called Rich Kenny from a company called Techfire. Oh, did you listen to Richard? So his one is all like they, they work in a business repurposing. Um, so it's fantastic. And I learned a lot about sustainability um, from him and then ran an event off the back of it. And for me, it's definitely a journey that I'm learning. And I'd love to at some point get you involved in something like that with us because it's something that needs to be spoke about in our community. Um, but I digress and I'm going to go back to leadership. <laughs> I am. Um, that would be for another day. But I'd love to know a little bit more about like your top tips really for building a startup because it's it's really challenging. It's really tough. You're still sitting there with a great big smile on your face. So clearly you've had a positive. <laughs> um, but I'd love um, love it if you could share your top tips for our listeners that are about to embark on that journey and any words of advice that you've got. Well, uh, just to make a comment to what you said, because I think it's really important uh, to have this openness and honesty with regards to sustainability. And I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that. And I salute this because there's not uh, uh, always enough comfort in uh, the fact that people just don't know enough. And I think all of us have gone on our own journey to get to where we are with the topic. And 
it's really great to know that you have, you know, you've consciously taken the step to understand what's going on. So kudos on that. Uh, but when it comes to the, uh, the, the, the question you asked, one of the key lessons that I learned for myself has been uh, to stop thinking in terms of failures, just like fail, failing doesn't exist. Uh, and what it means is that there's always an opportunity to learn. Um, if a product that you've shipped to market has not responded uh, with the results that you uh, have expected, this is the perfect moment for you to ask your clients or the clients that you didn't manage to get about what didn't work, what did they expect differently. And then you're going to build something that is even more applicable to them. Um, it goes further into like seeing uh, it more philosophically where you've applied for a competition, you didn't get it, you've applied for funding, you didn't get it. Um, I think it's a constant perfection journey to be building a company because you're always like improving the product, you're always improving yourself, you're always improving the efficiency and happiness of the team. And uh, you just need to consider that like every opportunity that comes your way is your opportunity. Everything else uh, is secondary if it hasn't happened. Uh, at least I, I truly kind of live by the mantra that if one door closes, another five open. Um, and it takes some time to embed this in the way you work because you always kind of think that one plus one should equal two. Sometimes it equals a potato or like, I don't know, an orange or whatever, <laughs> something totally unexpected. And, uh, but it's always beautiful. And I think it's all people should kind of have this uh, perception that uh, their company is shaped by the journey that is being uh, given to them by the choices that they make. You know, there's a lot, a lot that you can learn. And I think, uh, the value is in this. It's not in the focusing on failures. The second tip would be the positivity. Like, I think you can't build a You need to be a, an open-minded, positive, kind person to build a successful company. And uh, I'm saying it from all the ph phenomenal examples I've seen in London, uh, in Berlin, in Amsterdam, like anywhere basically in an in entrepreneurial environment. The people that are the most successful... Uh, and, uh, and I'm calculating this by who have the, the happiest companies, the ones that are raising funds are also getting, you know, good products to the market. Other ones that do it with a lot of integrity. One example is uh, Stripe for you as a company. I know uh, a lot of people that work in Stripe and the, the company's history is just phenomenal. And the drive that these two guys uh, have had, this family even, both of them uh, has built something that is spoken so highly of. Uh, and I think this is really key element, at least, you know, we're in the beginning of our journey with 25 people uh, and we've seen a lot of changes within the last few, four years. Um, but for all the things that we've been able to achieve to build the community, to build the software, to have like massive clients and so on, it has been truly uh, reliant on uh, this attitude that we've developed in the company that is like, put a smile on your face, you're solving one of the biggest challenges that humanity is facing. Uh, <laughs> and you, you can't, like, you can't be the bad messenger in this particular case. You need to be the one that is pragmatic, but positive because mm -hmm. it's something that goes beyond simply shipping a product. You're actually delivering on a bigger mission. And then the final one that I guess, because just for the sake of having three, because there's definitely a lot more, um, <laughs> Is, uh, is about like putting the house in order. I, I've seen so many companies when they're being set up, it's just a massive mess. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm speaking even up until the level where 
you don't have a proper like system f- to organize your folders uh, online. You don't have like a documentation set up where like all the signed contracts that you have are saved. And and everything. I, yeah. I, it's just, it's something that is simple and it doesn't take mm-hmm. a lot of knowledge to be able to set it up, but it can lead to really big challenges if you don't end up setting it up properly in the beginning. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd certainly agree. Having been through it ourselves, I think one of the biggest things is the whole, the processes and systems and procedures. And if it's not done right, it's very difficult to to then go back and try and track everything. It's just near on impossible, really, isn't it? It's, it's um, fantastic. Um, some fantastic, yeah, some really great tips there. I've just actually, sorry, I've got one more oh, thing that mm-hmm. I wanted to <laughs> that was... Um, clearly you've got loads of stuff that you're really passionate about and I and we always ask them in the podcast around what people are passionate about and what drives that but you've done slightly different something like very different really you've taken something that you're passionate about but you've really raised the bar and taken it till the next level particularly with Green Tech Alliance so I'd like to ask a little bit more about that and how you've kind of taken the concept and grown it to the scale it is today because that's really awesome and, and and it's well worth shouting about. Uh, thank you so much for asking about the Green Tech Alliance this came out out of uh, pure concern about COVID and the results of COVID on our ecosystem. We mm-hmm. set this up in May 2020, so like shortly after the um, first lockdown or midst, depending on where you were. Um, and our main concern was that uh, if now the economy stops for half a year, uh, which is now even longer, um, what is going to happen to all these sustainable companies that in any case, already are facing so many challenges in terms of accessing funding. There's like probably like one tiny little fraction of the amount of funding that exists for tech companies that goes towards green tech companies. Um, People started losing customers. Uh, We started seeing also a lot of discussions about economic recovery and so on. And we just set it up out of concern that there could be less focus on sustainability on a governmental, uh, private uh, individual level and so on. Um, and the whole concept was like, okay, we have all these companies that we know of, and there's probably thousands and thousands that we do not know of. They need to know of each other. Uh, first of all, to know how to increase their own impact by knowing about the impact of others. Because if we all do the same thing, probably we're not going to be able to effectively fight climate change. So we need to build solutions that actually are complementary to each other, the ones that support each other. And then we need to expose these companies to one another, but then also find them uh, problem solvers, uh, people of, I would say, prominence, importance, even fame, uh, uh, and, you know, good position in society who can help them. Uh, Because uh, now, and what essentially ended up happening is we have now a community of more than 500 startups that are connected to 350 uh, advisors, which includes uh, journalists from TechCrunch, uh, senior advisors of Bank of England. We have people from, that have written the IPCC report, uh, people from Yale University, MIT. Um, mm-hmm. And all of these people have donated between one and three hours a month uh, for the community members to uh, speak to them, help them with anything that they face. It could be hiring, it could be uh, UX, it could be SEO, it could be connections to investors, it could be funding, whatever it is. 
Uh, and the point was essentially to get these companies to uh, know about each other and to be, able to, to be able to have a KPI-driven community, a community that really helps them solve their problems. That's so awesome. So it's a global community of businesses. And anyone There's, can join. With the... Absolutely, yeah. Anyone can go on www.greentech.earth and uh, uh, what they would see is there's an application form that takes five minutes. Then we do an interview because we have actually uh, uh, received more than 1,500 applications, but we've accepted wow. 500 because we interview everyone and we make sure there's no greenwashing. There's no people that do this as a side gig so that, mm-hmm. you know, there's really focus on people that yeah. uh, have Come given yeah, exactly. Yeah, so oh, cool. fantastic. Yeah, that's <laughs> really, really great initiative. Um, if um, I mean, for an, anyone in a leadership role, it's it, you know you you gotta you gotta think about your health and your well being and how you manage the whole you know all the stress of it all. But uh, you know you've 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 got lots of um lots of different initiatives on the go and you've had an impressive. Um, journey um, today um, obviously we touched on this at the start and you know when I said how do you find the time to, to do all this how do you find the time you said you don't sleep very much and <laughs> to keep yourself sane and healthy and manage the whole stress of it all what's um, what tips have you got there for us uh, I do yoga uh, I keep myself active in terms of uh, moving my body, even if it's just for a walk or a jog, or, or, mm. but making sure that I don't stay in this setup where you wake up, take a shower, go to the office, stay until 10 p.m. and then, you know, have a glass of wine and then back in the, uh, in the whole, the same uh, chain of events. Uh, yeah. So I try to like go in nature over the weekend. Uh, this normally happens one of the two days or if there's more freedom in time there, we go for the whole weekend. Um, and that's kind of the main activity. Obviously, lockdown has significantly changed the way yeah. we live. Uh, I used to be going to yoga all the time. Now I mainly jog because I don't have the space and facilities at home to kind of yeah. have a proper yoga session. Uh, and, and yeah, when it comes to like, if, it was, if you would have asked me before lockdown, I was spending a lot of time with my friends also, I used to travel uh, quite a bit, like do a lot, a lot of hiking. Now we're limited to hiking in Germany, which in Berlin is not possible because we don't have <laughs> mountains around here. Uh, so we do little walks, as we call them here. Uh, but there's still plenty to be done. Uh, but keeping myself connected to nature, I would say this is the one thing that really recharges me. And um, two weekends ago, I was collecting mushrooms. I like, you know, they do these things sometimes to uh, keep myself sane. Yeah, I think it's it's so important, isn't it? We all need it even more so now. Um, but it, it unfortunately, due to the lockdowns, it does limit what we can do. But it's important to do something every day. Um, and it sounds like you're um, obviously putting a lot of hours in, but you're ensuring that you're looking after yourself as well. So the past year has been a whirlwind for us all, and it? it's been a bit of a roller coaster. But I'd love to finish the podcast with finding out like what you've got planned on your agenda what you're doing at plan a to green tech alliance that you've got over the next 12 months that you're really excited about we're actually launching a campaign that is specific to the uk uh, uh france and germany uh on tuesday this upcoming tuesday How exciting. Uh, super exciting yeah uh 
it, uh, if I can if I can say a bit in advance, we haven't spoken to anyone about this yet. It, uh, the campaign is called Make 2021 Count uh, because 2020 kind of didn't with all these things that have kept us at home and uh, away from one another or in front of computers. Um, and it's specifically dedicated to the small businesses that are up to 50 to 60 people. Uh, we're going to be doing basically uh, kind of a big wipe off of the of the normal usual uh, charge that we have for the software uh, for them to get going with their sustainability. And uh, so gonna, great. yeah, there's going to be a dedicated uh, team of 10 people that are solely going to be focusing on this campaign within the next uh uh, within the next month and a half. And um, it's super exciting for anyone that is talking and thinking about sustainability at this very moment. This is mm-hmm. a perfect opportunity to get in touch with the topic. And I mean, um, it, it's we think that this, it, this is the moment to empower people uh, that have been thinking about it, but have been considering that this is like really expensive. I can't have it on my agenda. Sustainability is actually a competitive advantage for every company. Anyone that starts doing it now is ahead of the game for something that is going to become a universal demand from clients, from employees in the coming years. And uh, we think that the small companies should have a chance to do that, uh, not only the big corporates who can announce big fancy uh, sustainability agendas that have been defined by probably uh, close to 30 people or 50 people in some cases. So uh, that's something that is happening in the next two months. And then for 2021 itself, we've planned uh, a lot, a lot of product uh, updates. Uh, We're going to be releasing uh, three versions of the platform. At the moment, we have uh, two. Um, And then we're also going to be doing some exciting things with the uh, with with the product specifically focused on the reduction side where uh, companies would be able to essentially connect to uh, solution providers through the platform itself and build essentially their own community uh, of other sustainable businesses uh, within uh, within the platform. So anyone that becomes our client essentially joins a club, uh, awesome. which is going to be announced next year in more detail. Love it. You've got so many amazing ideas on the go. And if there's anything that we can do um, as an organisation, particularly our head, head office is the UK, and if there's anything we can do to help push the initiative and making 2021. Yeah, definitely. Clients, particularly in the I, UK, yeah. yeah. We'd love to get involved with that. It'd be fantastic. Uh, I'll save you some info. Yeah, that would be brilliant. I feel like I could just do with you every morning, give me a little pet talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, I really enjoyed Yeah, I've loved having you on the podcast. It's been fantastic. If, um, if anyone wants to reach out and connect with you on, is it LinkedIn, Twitter? What's the best form of contact? Uh, LinkedIn is best. Uh, I, I'm, I admire people that have the capacity to be super active on Twitter. I'm not one of those. Uh, I retweet things that I believe in, but I... I'm one of those people that don't even justify why they've retweeted something. So maybe not the best place. But LinkedIn, I'm super active. I have a, a big community there and also like a big network that I'm happy to open up to people that uh, believe in, uh, in the mission. That's so great. It's so fantastic to hear. Thank Love you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much Thank for opening up my Friday. I'm uh, really pumped up after this discussion. <laughs> Good job. Take care. Thank you. Bye.